Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You ready to have church tonight? Amen. Good to see everybody tonight. Warmed up on us outside, didn't it? Lisa said there was a bunch of wasps flying around out there. I said, well, they warmed up. They come back out. They don't know what to do, to come or go. Amen. Well, it's good to see everybody tonight. Glad you came to church. Hope you come to get a blessing. Amen. I believe the Lord wants to touch us tonight. We had good service this morning. We had good services all week long. Cheryl, good to see you. Amen. Good to see you. Good to see our visitors tonight. Make yourself at home with us and have church with us. And we just, uh, we, we're not ashamed of Jesus here. Not ashamed to praise the Lord and lift our hands and shout and praise God. Clap our hands. Let the tears flow however you have or the Holy Spirit moves. Just let Him have His way. For those of you watching tonight, we want to welcome you watching online and pray that you'll be blessed. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you to bless this service tonight. We ask you to move in this place tonight, God. We ask you to speak to our hearts. We ask you to let your spirit stir this church up, God. Stir the people through the internet tonight, God. I pray that you would move tonight, Lord, as Melissa comes to minister your word, God, that you would touch her, that you would anoint her, and that you would speak to us through her, God, that you would let the spirit of God flow through this church, God, and move through that camera, God. People, Lord, are hurting. People need a touch. They need a change, God. We ask you to meet them right where they are. If there's anybody here lost that does not know you, I pray that you put conviction on them, that they would open their heart and surrender to you, and that their lives would be changed by the power of God. Lord, we thank you for it. Have your way tonight in Jesus' name. Rescued me 
the Lord. Amen. He's made a change, hasn't he? That boy's sounding pretty good on them drums, ain't he? He's going to take my place. I'm going to let him. <laughs> I'm going to throw it on him. He, got, he gets to learn easier than I did, though. And people had to put up with me making all kind of crazy noises. But I finally got it. I told him, I said, it just takes practice, 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 practice. And amen. But, Lord, I'm glad. I just thank God for what he's doing here. Amen. And touching people and doing the things he's doing. You know, I want to see the Lord use other people. I want to see God raise up other people. I want to see him move on other people. I want to see people be used the way God wants to use them. If you don't want that, there's something wrong with you. I want to see that for other people. I want to see God use them. Amen. And he wants to do it. So thank the Lord for what he's doing in us. We're going to take up the offering tonight. And we'll ask you to give to bless bless the work of God, bless the church. And I hope that, uh, I won't say I hope, I know God's blessing you. If you give to the work of God, God is blessing you. He has to be. He's not going to go back on his word. He promised that if you give, he gives to meet your need. He'll take care of you. It don't always happen the way we want it, but he always takes care of us. Amen. So let's take up the offer tonight. Those watching through the Internet, help us if you can. You'll see a link online where you can go to give online if you want to. And it's uh, safe and secure, and it's easy, so take advantage of it, if you will. Lord, we ask you to bless the offering tonight. We ask you to bless the givers tonight. We ask you to prepare the way, Lord, for everything that needs to be done here, to prepare the way for your children, Lord, to do what you've called them to do. Lord, we ask you to have your way tonight. Lord, bless the givers in a mighty way, God. And, Lord, I just pray that you would teach those that have not given on a faithful, consistent basis to do so and show them, God, that you are able to meet every need that they have. No matter what the economy says, your word says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. And, Lord, we stand on your word, and we believe it. In Jesus' name, amen.
Come on, you can make the trade off on the way up here. Trade the baby. Don't want to put him down. I know you, baby hog. Amen. You're hired, boy. <laughs> did good. Amen. A lot better than I did my first few times. <sighs> you ready, woman? You ready, honey? Ready, wifey? I'm being nice, y'all. You need this? No. Ooh, he's getting heavy. (laughs) Let's go ahead to Acts chapter 3. I just want to thank everybody that came to the revival. It's a sacrifice to come, especially when it's different time, a different time than what we're used to. Seven o'clock is closer to bedtime than even six thirty. You know, when you get home at nine, you're used to being in bed at nine. I don't know about all of you, but some of us, <laughs> our early birds were. Go to bed early and get up early, and I know it is it is hard, but it is a sacrifice, and I do believe the Lord sustained us and blessed us through it, and I know a lot of people are having some allergy issues, and of course, mine as well as others hit on Tuesday. You know, of course, you think you're, you're going to go down, but you know that it's just because there's a revival. Anytime there's something different that God's trying to do, you know, these bodies are fleshly, they're human, and they are they don't always hold up so well, but sometimes it's just a test to see if we'll get up, get dressed, and come on. Just take the allergy medicine and come on. Amen. Or wipe the snot from your nose and come on. Take your cough drop so you don't keep coughing and, and come on. But I want to thank everybody and what everyone did from the, the preaching to the playing the piano to the drums to the to the singing, you know, singing day after day after day and, and coming and participating, the cleaning, running the camera, whatever you did, it is, doesn't go unnoticed. You may not get a pat on the back or a, or a personal note, but here's your personal note and your pat on the back. Thank you, everyone who came and for what you did. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we thank you for everything you've done over the last several days. God, we thank you for what you're going to do tonight in this service, Lord. We pray for those that are watching, those that gave, Lord, this week. We thank you for that, God. We praise you for it. We ask, God, that you would bless them in return for their sacrifices, Lord God, for all that they did. Even though they're not looking for something in return, God, Give them something in return, Lord. We thank you, God, that your anointed power has been here and that is continuing to flow through this this church building, Lord God, through each and every one that is here and those that are watching, God. We ask that you would bless us. Anoint me to bring forth your word in truth and in power. Anoint the ears of those that are listening, the eyes of those that are watching, God. Help us not to get our our 
attention on a person, Lord God, but to get it upon you and what you desire to do in us, not our neighbor, not those that aren't here, but us, Lord God, because we know, Lord, that you desire to do something in us tonight to finish out this revival, Lord God. We thank you for everything that you've done and the things that you're going to do. We pray, Lord, that you would remove every hindrance that may try to take place during the rest of this service, Lord God, that you would move in the altar call. God, that you would touch people that need a touch, that want it, and change us most of all by your power and by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'm sorry, allergy medicine makes your mouth really dry, so you'll have to forgive me. So I had a couple of things that I I thought I was going to one in one area in Thessalonians, and then I somehow got over into Acts, and then I just couldn't get away from it. And I know we've heard these scriptures over and over again, but I don't think that we can exhaust the scriptures. I think there's something that God wants to speak to us through this, so... Acts chapter 3 says in verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them who entered into the temple who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked alms, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon, uh, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, Give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. Now, I know we've heard this, I don't know how many times we've heard it over and over again, and, you know, it's about the lame man sitting outside the, at the gate of the temple. And the Bible tells us that he was lame from his mother's womb, and I don't, I don't really know how old he is, and it really doesn't, doesn't matter. It says he's a man. He was a man, and he was carried there, who they laid there daily at the temple, at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. And he was there to, he was a beggar. He was there to ask for money. Can you help me? Can you give me some money? We hear that a lot when we get, when we go to Africa, that give me some money, give me some money. Not a lot, but some. A lot of times they send the kids into the city. They'll come up to your window or, or come up to you when you're, when you're out. Give me some money. Give me some money. But their problem isn't they need money. They think that. That's a, that's a symptom. And they want relief from symptoms. And that's where 
America is and most of the world and especially the church. The church wants to meet people's needs, but they don't want to meet their spiritual source of why they are where they are. You've heard it before in here. Not everybody's going to be rich. And sometimes people are in financial situations because of circumstances they've caused themselves. Situations and circumstances that that they cause themselves. Do we punish them for it? No, but do we get them out of it? Only if God tells you to. Sometimes people have, God is trying to teach people a lesson not to do what they did again. You can pay people's credit cards off, but they're going to go back and do it again. Swipe it, swipe it, swipe it. People are living above their means. But this fellow here, he is... He is crippled, and today when, when we have people crippled, they're going to go down to the, to the office and get financial help and get a check every month and insurance and all of these things, and, and then they didn't have that. I wonder where we would be today if we didn't have that. Where would we be? But look at where they laid him at the temple. You know how many phone calls we get here? Can you pay my bills? I'm sorry, do you... Wh- what church do you attend? Well, I'm, I'm in between churches. Well, how did you get in the situation? Well, I'm in between jobs. I'm in between homes. I'm in between churches. I'm in between jobs. I'm in between everything. Well, do you know Jesus? If you want to come to church, you know, after the service, we'll talk about it. They don't want. They don't want. They want relief from the situation, the life that they have made for themselves, the choices that they made. Just like I made choices before I got saved, I made choices and decisions that I had to. There was consequences to those, and when I got saved, all those consequences just didn't go down the drain and were erased from my life. There was memories, things in my mind. There were scars in my heart. There was financial obligations I had to fulfill that I had caused because of because I didn't want to do this or I wanted to do that and not spend money here but spend it there. Situations and circumstances that I caused. I didn't get on Facebook and start a GoFundMe to pay my debt, pay for my life, pay for my expenses, pay for my, my this, my funeral, my medical bills, my this, my that. I'll pay somebody else. We're always looking for somebody else to pay our way in life and to fix all of our situations that we ourselves have caused. The problem is a sin-sick soul. And the answer is Jesus Christ. You can take 12 steps in every program that you want to, but you're going to take 12 steps back when you leave. And you might be okay for a little while, but get in relief from from the situation isn't what you need. You need deliverance. And you need victory in your life. And this man, he needed to be healed. He needed to come into the temple and meet the man who holds the keys in his hand. That's what he needed. You don't need to call on the church. Why is it always the world wants to call on the church when they need money, they need their hotel bill, they need food, they need gas. Why do they want to call a church when they never darken the door of one? And the reason I ask people when they call, well, what church do you go to? What has your, have, you, have you asked your church to help you? 
Because I want to know, are you just going through the phone book and some of them will say, okay, what church was this again? Because they've called so many. Have you called coordinated charities? Yeah, they've already done all they can do. Have you called here? Yep, they've done all they can do. And they've done, which means, tells me, that they've already had so many handouts, everybody's cut them off and now they're going down through the phone book at the churches that haven't cut them off. What you need is to be cut off from everybody so that you'll hit rock bottom and you'll cry out to Jesus Christ. We need to stop enabling our family members and our friends to continue in sin and cut them off. Cut off the money. Cut it off. Cut cut off the hotel bills, the, the AUB, paying all their bills and giving them money to keep them up. And we're, we're working and going broke trying to support those who won't work and who have gotten themselves in a situation because of sin, because of rejection of Jesus Christ. We all were there at one time, lost without him. But there's people that carried him there. And how many people do you think tossed him a coin on their way in? How many people do you think stopped to pray for him? We've got our town is full of homeless. And you know some of them don't want anything and others of them want something. Some of them don't want anything because they're getting plenty from the government. And they're just wanting to get more drugs, more alcohol, more this, more that, and stay in their lifestyle. Our town is full of them. How many of them do we just toss a few dollars to and just walk on our way because, well, they deserve what they... And we deserve nothing. We're no better than they are in a sense. But what they need is a right hand to reach out to them. You see, that he was carried here. He had to be carried because he was lame. And he's asking everyone that comes in, can you give me some money, can you give me some money? And the people feel sorry for him because of his physical condition. So they probably toss him a few coins, and that's how he, he makes enough, I guess, maybe to, to eat or whatever. But Peter and John, who have just become full of the Holy Ghost, are walking around... And going into the temple for the hour of prayer. And as they're going in, he looks at them and asks them to give him something. And the Bible doesn't, doesn't tell us, but it tells us the opposite. He is, they were not rich. They didn't have bags of money on them. But in fact, they didn't have any, any money to give them at that time. Well, what do they... What do they have? What do you have? What's better than money? What's better than silver and gold? Because you can die with no money, no home, no job, and go to heaven if you know Jesus Christ. But just because you're rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing doesn't mean that you're a good person and you're going to make it in. It doesn't matter how many bottles of water, how many homeless that you fed, how many shower buses you have, how many steps you have in your program. None of that matters. What matters is that soul, is it being given Jesus Christ? Everybody wants relief. 
Well, I just need to go into a recovery program. I just need, you just need to go see a psychiatrist. You just need this and you need that. Why don't we take them to Jesus? Why don't we try Jesus? Is it because we don't believe, we believe that they're too bad? Was this man too lame for Jesus to heal him? Are the homeless too, too addicted to be delivered by Jesus Christ? No. So Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John and said, Look on us. Look at me. He thinks he's about to get a blessing financially, but he's getting the greatest blessing of his entire life. And he looks at them expecting to receive, and Peter said, I don't have any, I don't have any money. I'm not, I'm not rich and increased with goods, but I am rich, and I am increased with spiritual goods. And what I have, I'm about to give you. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, there's power in the name of Jesus. It's not in my name. It's not in Family Worship Center name. It's in the name of Jesus. God has given us power over demons. God has given us the power to heal the sick and to raise the dead. But it is His power. He has given it in us and through us. And when you feel the umption to reach down your hand to someone, because the Holy Spirit says reach down your hand, God's going to do something great. And they're just coming up on this. They didn't have time to go home and pray and ask the Lord to, a big long prayer and to wait and wait and wait. They had to be ready. you got to be instant, in season and out of season. When you're walking along and somebody says, hey, give me some money, you say, oh, I don't have any money, but let me tell you what I do have. You don't have to live like you're living anymore. You don't have to live that life. You don't have to live broke, busted, disgusted, and addicted. You don't have to. But you have a choice to accept this right hand of healing or to reject it. But the Holy Spirit was moving in this moment. They said, such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he took him by his right hand. Remember, they had, they, meaning more than one person, had to carry him there. And Peter just reaches down with his right hand and says, rise up and walk. And when he lifted him, that man by faith, when he heard the name of Jesus, faith came into action. And he grabbed hold of that hand. And when he did, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost got down through him. And what did he do? Immediately, his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked. And then what? He entered into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. How could you not? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go on my way. Give me some money. His whole life was rearranged. His whole life was... He didn't even know who he was at that moment. He was so high on the Holy Ghost, he didn't care about silver and gold. 
he had something he never had before. Could you imagine? You know, we all probably, this over 40, have ailments in our bodies. Could you imagine in a second somebody touches you and they are, and says in the name of Jesus and you are made whole, you're going to leap. You're going to have a reaction. Anytime Jesus touched anyone, they have a reaction. When something's going on on the inside, it's going to surface to the outside. It's going to be evident. There's going to be evidence that something took place. And he entered into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the gate. They knew who it was. They'd seen him. He'd been there every single day. Everybody saw him. Anybody that went by there knew who he was, especially everybody that had been going in the temple for the hour of prayer every day. They knew who it was. And to see him and you walked in, just think if somebody's sitting outside the door and you know that they're crippled, and then here they come walking in, leaping and praising God, you're going to... You're probably going to pass out. You're going to know that they were healed. There's no denying that you've seen them for years sitting out there. And all of a sudden, they come in jumping up and down and praising God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I am healed in the name of Jesus. Look at me walking. Look at me jumping. Look at me leaping. Look what the Lord has done. They're probably, shh, you're in church. You've got to be quiet in here. No, you need to be respectful in here. Being Leaping and jumping and praising God is not out of order. I can give you a list of what's out of order, but I might spare you tonight. We don't need church etiquette tonight, do we? And I don't think we do. So he's in, he's leaping and praising God. You can't shut him up. I can't keep it to myself since I've been born again. His whole life is changed. Remember that day, those of you that are saved, remember the day that you said yes to Jesus. Leaping and jumping and walking and talking and praising God and wanting to be in his presence. In the temple. Where are the people that are that are saved? Where are the people that want to be in his presence on Sundays and Wednesdays and and in revival? Where are they? They knew it was him that had sat at the gate, and they were filled with wonder and amazement. What in the world? I don't know how that happened. What happened to him? I mean, could you not listen to him and know what happened to him? wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. Now listen to what happens after this. Now Peter, I mean, you got to think about what just happened to Peter prior to this. He's full of the Holy Spirit. Then he reaches, he says, in the name of Jesus, and he sees the power of God heal this lame man that they'd seen there at the temple. He's got to have some kind of joy and excitement. and I mean, he's probably on cloud nine. 
I mean, he's probably unstoppable at this point. Just, just full of the Holy Spirit. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, said, You men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look you so earnestly on us as though we by our own power or holiness that we have made this man to walk? This is not, we didn't do this. We're not taking credit for this. We didn't do it. It was Jesus Christ, his power that did this. His power could do this to you. Because many, many, many are lame spiritually. We have churches all over this town that have every program under the sun. We need a bigger youth center, as you heard Adam preach about the other night. Youth centers and programs. What do you have for my kids? I've got Jesus. What do you have, what do you have for our young people? We got the word of God because the Bible says that how can they, how can they be saved except Someone preached the gospel to them. They're not saved by basketball. You can play basketball and foosball and pool table and, and all these other games at home. But when you come to church, you've got to know something that's going to keep you free, and especially our young people. I would never do that. You'll be the one that does it. Trust me, if you don't have Jesus, you'll be that one. Seen it over and over and over. Family members that, that laughed at all of us that were on drugs. I'd never do that. I'm better than you. I got it going on. I got a business. I got a home. I got all this stuff. I'd never do that. Where are they today? Sitting in jail because of meth. Don't tell me you'll never do it. You better, you better watch what you say because God will get you to the place where you're flat on your back and you won't be looking down upon anybody that was doing anything. But you'll be reaching up to God and say, Oh, God, forgive me. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Our young people need Jesus Christ. They need to know that, that the Holy Ghost is real. They need to know that getting baptized with the Holy Spirit is a real thing. Speaking in tongues is real. It's not just for the time of old. It is for today, and it's not of the devil. You may not understand it, but you better watch calling it of the devil. If you call something that's of God of the devil, you better beware. You're on dangerous, dangerous ground. Don't think God says, well, they just don't know. You're going to die and go to hell one day if you don't repent and give your life to him. And if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, calling things that are of God, of the devil, you better watch it. And you better be careful when you tell, when you say anything about anybody in here that's praising the Lord. Well, do you know what they did last week? Maybe they're sorry. Maybe they repented. Maybe they know where they are. Maybe they know how bad a shape they are in. Maybe they know that and this is the only place they can come and feel freedom and liberty in the presence of God to lift their hands and ask God to forgive them. You don't know the condition of people's hearts. We judge by the fruit, but we don't call something that is of God or something that we don't understand of the devil just because you don't understand it. Because you are of the devil. Because God's people don't do that. The Holy Spirit is within you when you get saved. 
He comes and resides within. And he's going to tell you what is of the Lord and what is not. Now, you can spring up some jealousy and envy and strive, but most of the time when we're looking at somebody else, they shouldn't be doing that. It's because deep down inside, we really want to do that, but we too bound up to do it. I wish I could shout all over the place. They shouldn't be doing that because I can't do it. You're just bound up. Ask the Lord to help you to free your arms and your legs and your mouth to praise the Lord. Well, I don't think that that tongues and interpretation was the Lord. Why? Because you didn't do it? Oh, is it all about you or is it all about receiving of the Lord? I mean, the Lord spoke through a donkey. Surely he can speak through one of us. He could speak through a frog or a wasp that flies in if he wants to. Maybe that would get our attention. We'd probably say, well, they probably put that up to the speaker. We'd pick pick everything apart. Instead of just closing our eyes and lifting up our hands and focusing on our relationship with the Lord, we wouldn't see what everybody else is doing. Or when we do see them, it would bless us and we would feel what they're feeling. May not react the same way, but we would feel something. It is not by our power that this man is walking. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. He's bold. This is what you did. Now, you crucified this man that just made him whole. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ coming and dying on the cross, the Holy Spirit is here. He has worked. He has moved through Peter and John to produce a healing in this man, but it was the power of God. These men were were just vessels that God used to deliver it. Just like God uses pastors and preachers and teachers and evangelists and singers and musicians to deliver a message, he's got to use somebody. It was Jesus Christ that you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Remember, Pilate was going to let him go, but the crowd said, No, no. Give us Barabbas. Give us the murderer. We would rather have the murderer and crucify Jesus who is guiltless, who's done absolutely nothing but deliver a demoniac man that the the whole country, city, town cast him out into the cave and tried to... Bind him up with like handcuffs and chains, and he would break them loose. You know, you see it on TV all the time, those cop shows where they're trying to arrest someone that is on drugs, and it takes five or six big old men to keep that man down. It's the power of the devil. The demoniac that was demon possessed, and he was cutting himself with rocks. What are people doing today? Cutting themselves. Hurting themselves because of the pain, because of circumstances and situations in life, and they don't know what else to do. And the town doesn't know. The church doesn't know. Christians don't know. They say, just send them off. Send them to a rehab. Send them to a mental hospital. Send them. They're crazy. They need some medicine. 
They're bipolar, ADD, ADHD, ADD and ADHD. If I had a paddle up here, I'd show you how to help that. Kids are kids. They're full of energy. It doesn't mean they've got a disorder. It means they're kids. If you had that much energy, you wouldn't want it hindered, would you? You'd clean your house and work 60 hours a week and clean the neighbor's house and mow the yard and... But no, the, the church and the world says, send them, oh, you got, you got mental issues. Everybody who's unsaved got mental issues. I mean, Jesus clothes us and puts us in our, our right mind. You crazy, all right, you crazy before salvation. And then after salvation, those that called you crazy before, so they've just gone too far. They're for sure crazy now. They just got a hold of religion. Yes, because they don't have it. They don't understand it. They don't even know. They say, send them to the psychiatrist. Send them to get, send those kids that, 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 that won't sit still in school. Send them to the doctor and give them some medicine. Send them, let the psychiatrist come in and counsel them because of their household. The reason their house is the way it is because the mom and daddy, if there's both in the house, they're lost without Jesus. They're not training the children up in the way that they should go. They're just carrying them to the temple and sitting them outside the gate saying, just get some money. Bring it home when you get done. What the kids need is Jesus Christ. Same thing we need. Either we believe that Jesus can touch our minds and heal our bodies or we don't. Is there occasions where people need medicine? I'm sure there is. But it's not the case like it is today. Everybody does everybody's not bipolar. What they got is an anger issue, which is called sin. That's why they are nice today and a maniac tomorrow. That's why they lose it in blackouts, because of drugs and alcohol, a temper, a sin sick soul. Their heart is black. What do you expect them to act like? You expect them to come into church? They need Jesus. Then they're gonna want to come into the temple. And praise God and leap around. But you got to give them something. What did the religious leaders do? They said, give us the murderer. What's America doing today? All these protests and the news. Oh, don't hurt Hamas. Don't. You just want people. You just want to kill more people. They need to be blown up. They need to stop this mess. But you know what? They can't. You know what's happening? The end times. We're living in the last days. Read the Bible. Listen to the messages that have come forth over the last week. God is preparing us. Don't be sucked into the the news so much that you forget what's taking place. They want to crucify Jesus and to take the murderers and let them go free. They want to keep their own. And you desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life whom God has raised from the dead whereof we are witnesses in his name through faith in his name and his name through faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know 
Yes, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. You know it, but you don't want it. And you want, not only do you not want it, but you don't want others to have it. Churches today are the same way. They don't want to preach the message from Genesis to Revelation. They want to dish out a program because it draws the flesh. It fills their churches. We have pizza parties. We have game night. We feed people. Look, anytime you got food, you're going to fill up. Ain't no doubt about it. Free food, if you put a free, and take down the revival sign and put up free food at 7 p.m., do you know that we'd have to have police out there directing traffic? And we could put up a sign, free food, because we got a bunch of food in here. Do you want to eat it? Could you imagine the faces on people that fill up in here for a free food sign? And we say, all right, everybody's up to the table, got your fork and your spoon, your napkin, get ready. Here comes the food. I'm going to toss it out to you. Oh, you don't want this. Oh, you'd rather have a hot dog than you had Jesus. And the church is giving it to them. Shame on you. Churches are full of legalism. They're full of doctrines of devils and traditions of men. They're full of politics. They're full of everything except the Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, most of them don't want the Holy Ghost in their churches because it'll disrupt their plan. It'll disrupt their program. You either want the ways of the world or you want the world. You know what separates the word, W-O-R-D, from the world? W-O-R-L-D, the word and the world, a line. The L is a line. You either get the world or you get the word. One or the other. You can't have both. The world, well, what do you mean by that? The world system. Oh, it's okay for your four-year-old to say they want a, your little boy, your four-year-old little boy, to want to be a girl. They don't even know the, They don't really even know the, really know the anatomy difference. They don't really know what that means for a lifetime. They want to push homosexuality, transgender, alternative lifestyle. On our kids, through cartoons, through games, through public school, through social media, through politics, through the government, everywhere you look, they're throwing it down our throat and saying, shut up, Christian. That's, you're being racist. You're, that's hate. That's hate language. Let me tell you what's hate. is sending your kids to hell. That's hate. Not giving your kids Jesus Christ. Not giving your family who is addicted to drugs Jesus Christ. That is hate. Withholding the gospel from the world is hate. The world system promotes life without God. Shut up about God. 
Because you can mention little God, but don't you mention God with a big G. Don't you mention Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed on Calvary to take my black heart that was addicted to drugs and wash it white as snow. Don't you, don't do that. Telling us to shut up because we hate when we preach that sin will take you to hell if you do not repent. That's hate. No, hate is withholding the truth. And telling Christians to shut up. We don't want your Jesus. Okay. You don't, the world doesn't want him. Those that are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, they don't want him. But the, the one that is downtown that is homeless, that's tried every program, that's tried every, everything, the, every medicine, every drug, that's tried everything, and they're still hopeless. They know that that's only temporary relief. That's the, the men and women and boys and girls that God can reach through the power of the Holy Spirit. This man was lame, and Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, using Peter and John, healed this man. And now he goes from give me some money to praise God, praise God, praise God. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to deliver the message of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Even though most probably of your co-workers and people in your family are bound by religion or they they either don't want anything to do with it or they, they go to church and they go on Sunday after Friday they were at that fundraiser drinking. Well, they were raising money. You're going to use bourbon to raise money to give to help kids? Blood money. You take your blood money on your way to hell. I've got the word of God and Jesus Christ to give these people. Not going to promote that mess. It's disgusting. I'm not going to be a part of it. Don't invite me. If there's alcohol involved, I don't want to go. Oh, is it too much of a temptation? Not at all. It's not a temptation for me. I hate alcohol. You know why I hate it? Have you not read the newspaper, watched the news, read the statistics of what alcohol does in family? It causes most of the things that are... T- most drug addicts don't start out using heroin. Most of them start out young thinking it's cute and funny to get a little sip of mom and daddy's alcohol. And from there it escalates. And when that's not enough or the crowd that they're hanging out with doing that ends up, well, let's smoke a little pot. And then when pot, you're comfortable with pot, you move on to bigger and better things. And before you know it, you're down there and the, the pokey's got you down there in jail. And you look... 90 years old and you're 30 because a lifestyle of drugs and alcohol. Well, I would never do that. I, well, tell me what drug addict started out. I'm go- You know what? I'm going to be a drug addict. When I grow up, I want to be a drug addict. I want to shoot heroin. That's what I want to do. You find me one person that says that. That's what they wanted their life to end up as. There's doctors, lawyers, nurses, the most educated, politicians, 
bound by drugs and alcohol. Try to, well, I, I, just, I just need a little wine at night to calm me down. Because this couldn't give you any peace, right? You need alcohol, wine, and spirits to calm you down, right? Or I just need a pill. What about the Holy Ghost? Have you gotten on your knees and asked Jesus to help you with your anxiety and your issues? The cares of the world, the care of the world causes anxiety. When you're trying to carry around that big load of the world, and the life on your own, in your own power. It's too heavy for you. you got to leave it at the foot of the cross. you got to nail it to the cross and leave it there. The world system promotes life without God. Music, well, it doesn't talk about drinking or cussing or sleeping around or stealing or murder. I mean, it's just fun. It's fun because you would, does it glorify God? Well, it doesn't have to. It can be neutral. Oh, you mean it can be lukewarm? Oh, you want to be lukewarm. What's the Bible say about being lukewarm? You're going to get spewed out of his mouth. It's not okay. Well, I just listen to the country music, and I only listen to this certain one, and he doesn't talk about any of that. Does it bring you into the presence of God? Why are you listening to it, number one? Why? Why do you listen to the music you listen to? Answer that question in your own mind. Don't have to answer out loud. Why do you listen to the music that you listen to? Well, it helps calm me down. It helps me forget about everything. And does it talk about Jesus? Does it bring you into the presence of God? Does it cause you to roll your burdens onto the Lord and leave them there? Does it cause you to come closer to the Lord? Does it say anything about God? Christian rap. I don't know how you can worship to Christian rap. You can throw, you can throw God's name in, Hank, why do I drink and why do I roll smoke? But that don't mean it's Christian. You can say the name of God and they say it all over the place. They use it with another word for cussing. And it's on TV. Used to never see that, hear that. Now it's everywhere. What we need is to be saying, I don't have any silver and gold and for Family Worship Center, we, we don't have any money to give you folks out there that are, that are homeless or hooked on drugs or down or out for whatever reason. We don't have a bunch of money and we don't have 12 steps program. We don't have a feeding program. We don't have a food bank. We don't have any special events for you, but we have a delivering service, a victory service every Sunday morning and every Wednesday. If you can walk all over town, I think maybe you could probably walk over here if you're really hungry, if you're really desperate. Well, that's mean. They don't have any way to go, really. 
So you think they sit in one chair all week long, never go anywhere. You think those feet don't walk. You think they don't get on that phone and pay somebody a little something or trade something they stole from downtown to get them where they want to go and buy the cigarettes and the alcohol and the drugs and all the things they want. You think that? You are deceived. You are blind and you need your eyes opened by the power of God. We don't, what we have here is one step, or maybe five or six or ten, depending on where you're sitting, on up here to these altars, and let me introduce you to the one who can set you free. Well, I'll do that, you know, when I get done living my life. You may not get to live your life. How many athletes in the prime of their life drop dead from heart attacks, aneurysms? How many people are... Uh, have cancer all through their bodies, young babies even. You don't know how long. You could go outside and go down to this stop sign and be killed. You're not promised tomorrow. You can't, well, put that off. There's many people that put that off, and hell is full of them. But there's many people who got sick of living the way they were, and when Peter, uh, Peter and a John walked by and said, I got, all it takes is just a little right hand. I don't have to pick you up. I'm going to let Jesus, the Holy Spirit, pick you up. Matter of fact, he's going to heal your body. And they, you notice that they, they didn't say, now, what we're going to do is we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to pray for you. And when we get done praying, you're going to believe by faith in the name of Jesus and you're going to place your faith and you're going to raise your hands like this and you're going to bow your head and close your eyes. And then in five minutes when I get done telling you my spill, then I'm going to lay my hands on you. And when I do, you're going to feel something all through your body. What that's going to be is your ankles and your feet being healed by the power of God. Okay, you ready? Let's go. Just said in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, instantly, immediately. And that's all it takes for a soul to be saved. All it took for me was to say, Jesus, I need help. Well, you didn't pray the sinner's prayer, as Romans says. So maybe you weren't completely saved. Oh, I was saved. Oh, there was no doubt. There was no doubt. Was I perfect? No. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Do I live in sin? Absolutely not. Am I on drugs? Absolutely not. Do I have a desire for it? No. Does the devil tempt me with things from my past? Duh. I mean, isn't that his job? And he's good at it, right? Much better at his job than us Christians are at ours. That ought to be shameful. There's still going to be trials, tribulations, and things. But in the midst of it all, can you still rejoice? Do you still have peace? Do you still have joy? Because joy, peace, is found in Jesus Christ. Without him, you, you can't. Without him, I would, be, I, would, I would be nothing. I would do nothing. I could do nothing without him. But with him and through him, I can do all things. And what that scripture I want to, the scripture I can do all things through Christ, sometimes, you know, jokingly we'll say, you know, oh, I can do all things through Christ. 
What this scripture is not just whatever you think you can do. Well, I can do all things through Christ. I'm going to get that job. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm going to get that car. I can do all things through Christ. The Bible says that you can abound, you can be rich, and you can be poor. And through it all, I can get through it all by the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. I can do all things that he's called me to do. God said, I want you to play the drums. Well, I I can in myself, but with the power of the Holy Ghost, I can do all things. He calls you to preach, you can preach. He calls you to sing, then you will sing. He calls you to worship, you will worship. Pray, whatever he's called you to do. He's gonna, if he's told you to do something, he says, right here, I got all the power you need. Come and get it. But you've got to step out in faith. What we want is to sit back in our lazy 2023 and give it to me because the government has provided all these things for everybody that America is lazy. And we just expect everything to be given to us. I don't want to work for it. I just want you to give it to me. But God says you're going to step out by faith. If you want, ask me. You have needs, ask me. I was surprised this morning that the altars were not full. I couldn't believe that our church was full of people with no issues. I mean, that's like amazing. Nobody had a problem. Nobody had an issue. Nobody had any need to go to the altar. And I think some of the words that were used at the end deterred people. Sin. Well, don't think I have sin. They'll think this. Who cares what people think? If you're desperate, you're sitting outside the temple and you're desperate for a healing. You're going to ask everybody that goes by if they got something to help you. Are we desperate? We can do all things through Christ. Anything that he's called us to do, he's going to give us the power. We can do it. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy to come in here when your life is falling apart outside these doors. Your family is a mess. Your finances are down and your home life may not be good or something on your job isn't, isn't going the way you want. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy to come in here and lift your hands, but you don't stand there and go, well, as soon as he fixes all this, I'll be able to praise him. I mean, I just can't. You just don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't. And I don't need to know. Because you got a God who can raise up a lame man, raise the dead, heal the sick, and deliver a demoniac. Why would you withhold asking him? Ask him. What do you have need of tonight? I, I cannot believe, and I'm not asking everybody to come to the altar, but I find it hard to believe that nobody has anything that they would ask God for. Adam said he was asking, he asked God big, and he didn't give us details on what he asked for. But it did instantly take my mind back to what Brother Swagger said, that his grandmother would say, when you ask God, you ask big. I'll just take a bicycle. No, you need a car. Ask God for a car. Ask him for a Cadillac. I don't know, whatever. Ask God for big. He's going to give to you what you need. Well, what if I don't need that? Now, you think if you ask God for something that you don't need, he's going to give it to you for your destruction. 
God's going to give things to you that you need, that he knows are good for you. God has the greatest gift is salvation. The greatest gift, the greatest miracle is salvation. Then we have healing and deliverance. But we need, we need this. We need to rejoice. We need to, to come in and worship him and come in with our problems in our pocket and give them to the Lord, not on, the, on our lips. Everybody's got some problems or some issues or some things in their life that, that they would like for the Lord to change, of course. And sometimes we're going through something because we've caused it ourselves and God's trying to do something in us so that we don't have to do that again. Many people that are in, in debt and he's allowing things to happen to them so that they don't go down that road again. Hey, you know, we, sometimes we have to learn lessons the hard way. Because if God just wiped away our debt, we'd go do it again. I mean, look, we're human. And the world is full of materialistic things we want, want, want. I need, I need, I need. No, what you need, the greatest thing that you need is more of him. You need more of him. So that when you're walking by and somebody says, give me some money instantly in the name of Jesus, you don't have to say, okay, well, I wonder... I mean, wonder, are they asking for money because they really need it? I mean, do they need like a hamburger or are they going to buy cigarettes with this money? How about, you know what, I have something you need, and it's not gold and silver. It's Jesus, Amen. and he can heal you. He can touch your mind. I'm hearing more and more Christians that used to take a stand against alcohol and, and knew that it was sin and that it was a it was a problem, that, a problem because of sin, because of rejection of Jesus Christ. Now saying, well, I know that it's a, a sickness. Yeah, it's a sickness, but it's a sin-sick soul. And even more and more, our employers and places that we go and frequent are going to be pushing and accepting and condoning gay and lesbian homosexuality and who knows what else. And we have to be willing and ready to take a stand and to stand for Jesus. You don't have to, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you just turn the other cheek and look the other way and don't acknowledge it and it's okay. Well, I don't do that, but I'm supporting it, condoning it, allowing it, embracing it. It's not going to be long before Jesus Christ comes back. What are we going to be doing? God forbid that we be in a, in a, in a situation that God says, what are you doing? There's people dying and going to hell all around you, and you're too consumed with yourself. Too consumed with ourselves. So if you would, stand to your feet. <clears throat> Miss Grace, would you? Philippians 4 tells us, For I have learned that whatsoever state I am, I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. And then after that it says, Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ. Whatever you're going through, with the power of God, you can make it through. If it's a mountain that you can't tunnel through, God will give you the strength and the power to climb it. 
We need to praise Him. We need to thank Him for how far He's brought us. We're not where we're going, but we're that going that way. If you have a need tonight, if you want to be full of the Holy Spirit, if you need to be refilled, if you need to be forgiven, if you need to change directions, if you need to be saved, today you can be. I want to ask everyone in here, if you would bow your heads and close your eyes, if there's anybody in here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that has never said yes to Jesus, if you would raise your hand, I want to pray with you. Today can be the greatest day of your life, just like this lame man who received Jesus Christ and he touched his body and made him whole, healed him. You can be healed in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit today. If you're here and, and maybe you are not where you should be with the Lord, today is your day to make things right. All you have to do is come up to an altar. Take a step of faith. Step out. God wants you to step out by faith and meet Him here. He's holding your answer. Are you going to come get it? Or are you going to let it go by? If you have a need that was mentioned tonight in this Word, the altar is open for you. Nobody's going to say they got sin in their life. Nobody's going to say anything to you. Nobody's going to think anything about it because nobody in here is perfect. We all have situations, issues, circumstances in our life that we have to bring to the altar from time to time. And tonight is your night. If you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart or you feel the need to come and spend a few moments with Him at the altar, come, we'll pray with you. Believe God to touch you move in you, heal your body, deliver you, touch your mind. Whatever it is you have need of, this is a last service of revival. If you haven't gotten what you need, whatever it is, tonight is your night. You could receive it. But I believe that God wants us to step out by faith to obtain the promise that He has for us. So if you would, come.
Praise the Lord. I hope you've been blessed this week. I thank everybody for coming out and all the sacrifices made, all the prayers that you have prayed and all the money you have given. We thank you for it and God we hope will bless you. We know that he will and touch you and the word that have been spoken this week that it would take root in your heart and that you would see a change in your life even this week and maybe that you would be able to lay hands on someone and see them healed, see them delivered and see them set free by the power of God and we will see you all on Wednesday evening. blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423-744-0774.